Welcome back. Cam McInnes of the Sharks coming up shortly and a very strong trial or pre-season challenge match there Friday night uh, at Belmore between the Sharks and the Dogs. They look uh, very close to full-strength teams. In fact, uh, as you look at the Sharks, their back line, Will Kennedy there at the back, Katoa, Mulatalo, Ramian, Talakai, uh, Braden Trindle, fresh from his Preston Campbell medal-winning performance for the Indigenous All-Stars in the halves there with Nico Hines and uh, this Canterbury side. Uh, well, we're uh, looking at, I was speaking about this morning, Stephen Crichton's to play in the centres with Blake Taff at fullback. Uh, so Jerry, Bronson Jerry in the centres with Crichton and uh, Addo Carr, Blake Wilson on the wings with Burton and Drew Hutchison in the halves there uh, for them. And uh, they've got Jamin Semin named in the 13 jersey as well, Loz. And uh, that's a pretty uh, standard, I guess, what you'd expect forward pack for the Sharks with the likes of Royce Hunt, Oregon Kafusi, Blake Braley, uh, Nakora, Teague Wilton and McInnes there at lock with uh, Toby Rudolph and Tom Hazelton, the likes coming off the bench. So this is uh, as close to full strength as you'd expect from these two sides, I think. Yeah, I, I think so, Mido, and I think that's what you're looking to do in your last trial before the season kicks off, you've got two weeks before it does. And um, the Bulldogs, in particular their back line, uh, it's totally different from the one we saw them march out last year. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they go. Um, then, of course, you've got the Sharkies. And it's a... Sharkies are a steady side. But the, the, the issue, well, not the issue, but the question I get asked all the time about the Sharks, have they got another level? Well, they're just consistently good, although last year they were a little bit up and down, but they're, they're, a, they're a team that play good football and then they get to the finals. Can they go that next level? You know, they've lost their... The last two years, they've, they've lost three finals games, two of those being at home, and until they sort of win a final or two, the question mark will always remain, are the Sharks just a very good team throughout the comp? Yeah, it's got to help well, them. Though, can they can they rise when it gets to the finals? You'd like to think, though, the fact that they have where they were last year in the season before. Yeah, what they've, they've learned. They've been in that position. Yeah. Uh, again, the key firstly is to get there. But then when you get there, you'd think, you know, this squad particularly, there's so much experience in the squad that they, yeah, they have learned and they will... Mm. I don't know what it is that they do different, but they will do something different to get a different result. Yeah. You'd like to hope that that's what experience does, being yeah. in those positions. Yeah, and the only thing about them is you'd think 12 months, months, 18 months, they're further down the track, obviously, with the coach, but also with the squad. Like mm. The squad, yes, they've lost a couple of players, but Pretty the guys that they're replacing them with yeah. seem to have been there. Mm. So it's not like you're bringing them from outside. They're going to learn. Yeah. Like, you know, Trindle, young Trindle, for instance, he's been in the system for for a while. You know, Kay Dykes has been in the system for for a while. You know, your Jack Williamses and your Hazeltons and your, your Teague Wiltons, these, these blokes have been there. So it's not like they're having to learn a completely different new system. Great to have him joining us. Sharks lock, Cam McKinnis. Cam, morning, mate. How are you? Morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. At 44-18, obviously the scoreboard doesn't read that pretty. The loss to Newcastle at Gosford on the weekend, but it's only a trial. So what did you take from it? Oh, yeah, mate. No, obviously, um, yeah, one one way of looking at it is only a trial, but as a club, we're 
working towards um, consistency no matter who's on that field. Yeah, so, um, yeah, disappointing start for us. But, um, yeah, at the same time, this time of year, there's uh, plenty of opportunity to work on things and uh, put our better foot forward this Friday night. Yeah, Cam, I don't know if you just heard Loz and I discussing, obviously, the success that you guys have had the last few years, but then... Obviously, that time when you get to finals, not being able to to get to the GF or win that that grand final, has that been something that do you talk about that throughout preseason, or is your focus nah, It's a new year, and we just start afresh. Um, it's a bit of both, mate. It is a it's a new year, and that's the beauty about our game. Doesn't matter, you know, who finished at the top last year. Everyone starts at the same spot, and you got to you got to make it all happen again. But um, at the same time, there are lessons that we've taken, and to be fair, mostly it's um, just defensive based over the last couple of years. That that first year, uh, the finals games, high scoring games, and you know you, you don't want to, you know, you're not going to win comps in that fashion. And then last year, um, I thought it was just a good, tough game against Roosters, and um, unfortunately we couldn't ice it there. So that's um, again that experience and and managing the game is is um, a work on for us, and. Um, I'm confident that we're doing, we're getting in the, you know, the, the right areas of training and working on those things. Cam, great to speak to you, mate. A lot of people will say there's two ways of looking at the Sharks. Um, it's an advantage having sort of a similar squad to what you had last year. Or you've got your foot in the other camp that says, yeah, they're a very good team, but they haven't got that X factor. What do you, what do you say to them and What's the advantage of having this group that's been there together for a, a period of time under your new coach? Well, I think for me, um, continuities, you know, that's that's where, you know, teams are built and made. And, and you look at the, you know, sort of the best sides um, through history, they, they had a period of time together. So for me, that's um, really important. And, you know, with X Factor, um, I'm not sure who the judges are because, if you look at some of the, you know, the tries and things we've scored over the last couple of years, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see too many teams doing that. So, um, yeah, I think again, it's just that, you know, that continuity will help, you know, that experience building that together, and then bring that those those out in the the games at the back end of the year where you probably don't get as many opportunities and um, things are a bit tighter. And again, you, you, it's hard, isn't it? You, you, until you have that experience and sort of learn from it, um, you know, you, that, that's where you learn the lessons and, and where, you know, that's that's the goal this year to, to you know, sort of close that gap. What, and what about Nico? He looks as though he's in good shape and a good frame of mind. I, I thought, you know, looking at him last year, he started well, but then that origin period where he was in, he got dropped. Uh, he looked as though he, he'd lost a bit of confidence, but then at the back end, he, he picked it up again and, I'm assuming he's come back in good health, good fitness. He was great in that All-Stars game last week, along with Braden Trindle, and they're going to be two very important uh, members of your team this season. Yeah, definitely. And on Nico, obviously, um, it was a tough time for him last year during that origin period. Um, I don't think there's too many players that could have handled that um, any better than he did. But then in saying that, you know, some of the criticism that he got around that time as a team, we, we all weren't firing and... Um, you know, any any good half will tell you that um, if their forward pack and things like that aren't, aren't doing what they need to, then it, it, you know, it's pretty hard to, to play your best footy. But back into the year, we all started um, finding some consistency and form, and um, 
you know, Nico drives our team. So, and then just on um on Tricky as well, it's you know it's outstanding. He's worked that hard this preseason and got his opportunity at the back end of last year, and um I think he really took it. And yeah, I'm really excited for the you know the partnership those two are working on with each other to um yeah to see to see how they steer us around this year. What about yourself, Cam? Obviously, um, I've got no doubt you'd love to be a part of that origin setup. And I feel like the last few years, particularly, your name has been spoken about as it gets closer. Is there areas in your game that you feel you need to be hitting at the start of this year to, to get a crack there? Um, yeah, obviously, yeah, would, would love to be a part of that. And I think um, any player would tell you that, the, the first thing you need to do is clear clear that thought and make sure you're playing well for club and doing all those little things, you know that um, that your team needs rather than looking at that you know that bigger picture about yourself. But and then in regards uh, yeah to my own uh, performance, just I suppose um, yeah, it's a whole team really. It's it's just that those little moments, um, you know you know staying switched on whether it's defensively attack and um, you know you see the best players in the comp there. They, you know, when those little those moments need to be made, they make them. So um, I know that's a pretty general thing to say, but um, yeah, there's there's always plenty to work on as a player. But yeah, for me, it's um, you know just in those big moments, whether it's you know you, you're tracking back on a break or um, little efforts, just things like that. Keep always trying to improve in that area. So I guess that's what Origin's all about, isn't it? But um, that's what footy is about in general. So yeah. Yeah, your style of game would be well suited to, to origin. And, you know, you're sort of one of those guys that would be in a perfect position in particular for that bench role. You can play back row or you can come on and play as a hooker. I just want to ask you, mate, if, if something happened to Blake Braley, are, are you now considered to be a back rower as such? Or would they look at possibly, if something happened, you going back into nine full time? Um, I think like when I got signed to the club, it was definitely as a um, back row hooker. Like both, um, I think we're very fortunate with uh, Browse how durable he is, and uh, he's so sharp and crafty that we need him on the field. But um, I've done um, a fair bit of work at hooker this preseason, yeah. as I always do. And um, if need be, I'll get thrown there. Obviously, we've got uh, Jaden Barrel, who's he's a bit he's at almost my age, and he's um, been around for a while. And I'm sure if um, something happened, he'd get an opportunity as well. But no, I definitely, um, yeah, still, still apply my trade there as well. And if anything happens, um, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with slotting back in there. Happy to put your hand up. Yep. Yeah. Well, Cam, really appreciate your time this morning, and uh, have a great season, mate. No, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Cam McInnes, there, Loz, you had him. I remember you put him in your Origin team last year. And I, I just would, like he him. would not let a soul down, would he? No, I, I, I like him as that bench player because he gives you the option of mm. a dummy half, but you can also get him into the contest as a back rower. Mm. Um, and again, uh, everything that Cam does is effort-based and you, you can't have enough of those type of players in your forward pack. They do the little things well. He's a Ruben Cotter-style player. You know, he's just one that you know, I think if he got an opportunity, you'd sit back and admire the work he got through on that stage because when fatigue sets in, he he keeps going. Mm. And that's when they get noticed, those type of players, because mm. they, they're tough enough to push through it. Um, and I think if he plays well this year, there's no reason why Madge wouldn't consider him. He was part of that 
squad that mm. got together a couple of weeks ago, and I, 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 I saw him out there, and you know he's looking fit and keen. And I'm sure he's in for a big year. I'm sure. Well, when you look at the New South Wales squad from last year, the the, the back rowers is that's probably one of the most up for grabs part of the squad potentially, or most contentious positions. Mm. I mean, it finished with Liam Martin, Colin Matungi and Cameron Murray, but yeah, particularly but Liam, off the bench. Yeah. Well, the, the other one is Cameron Murray's best position is 13. Mm. Isaiah Yeo's best position is 13. So I think Isaiah up. played off the bench. He did in game three. Did he played off he the bench in the, game three? Game three off the bench with Murray starting. Yeah. Um, you know, you'd probably throw a wild card into the mix. Now, he didn't have the best of season last year, but there was circumstances surrounding that, but Angus Crichton, you know, if, if he comes back and produces his best, he'd be in the frame, but there's a bit of water to go under the bridge in terms of him getting back to full fitness and being in the starting side for the Roosters and the Roosters playing well. Um, but yeah, that, that that is true. I, I think there's opportunities there in the back row for whoever puts their hand up early. Well, the news overnight is that uh, the great L Daly has joined the board of the International Rugby League and great to be joined by the International Rugby League chairman, Troy Grant. Troy, good morning, mate. How are you? Oh, good morning. Lovely to talk to you again. I'm terrific, thank you. Great stuff. And, uh, well, we obviously gave, you know, we we love getting stuck into Loz and Give no, a bit of Troy, stick. what are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we want rugby league going in the right direction, not the wrong direction. Well, he says he's going to shake things up. <laughs> India, look out, biggest, Trent. My biggest concern, concern, boys, is as chairman, is he good on the shout? Or do I have to <laughs> Pack your credit card, buddy. Loz doesn't like to use his, put it that way. <laughs> Clarky, Very frugal. The sort of coin you're on, Clark, you might have to lend me a few. Bits. Oh, mate, <laughs> I'm hearing point. I'm hearing you and Rugby League are doing just fine. Ross told me where his next meeting is or his first meeting is. So, how long are you taking him away, or what, what's what are his requirements, and how does he get an opportunity like this? Because again, we take the Mickey, but I think having Loz involved, and, and I said it at Origin level, but certainly international Rugby League level, I think this is great for the game. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. We, we couldn't be more excited. So we met as a board on um, Monday night and uh, unanimously voted to have Laurie on. And we, we're just so excited because everything he brings to the game from um, his experiences, right from June E Diesels uh, through to mm. country, country representation, state, national and club, is to have that insight uh, when we're making decisions about the future of the game is to have that insight that he provides is second to none. Um, he's an elite human, elite sportsman. But what I think is the strongest point is that people don't understand what International Rugby League is about. It's not just about the elite mm. level of play in the competition. It's all about expanding the game internationally. And people get shocked at how many member nations we have. We have 63 nations playing rugby league across the world. And uh, you know, a lot of them are parallel to start-up small country rugby league clubs. Uh, and a lot of them are done... Mm by uh, expats in Australia who uh, set up rugby league competitions in in their home countries and heritage countries. So to get Laurie's insight into that will be uh, invaluable to the board and uh, he's just a cracking bloke as well. So we'd try and mix the skill sets up and not have everyone with the same sorts of skills. So Laurie's skill sets will be exceptional. Great communicator as well and and, uh, we've got a commercial strategy. So 
He'll be kissing babies and shaking hands as well. Don't worry, he's good, he's good at that. He's good at that. Until I get booed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll hand it on to someone else. <laughs> Troy, what, do, what does International Rugby League look like from your, uh, from your vision in five years' time? Where would you love to see it get to? Yeah, well, we need a lot of uh, work in the Northern Hemisphere. There's no doubt the Southern Hemisphere dominates on the, on the park. Um, with the quality of the NRL supporting Tonga and Samoa, Fiji and Papua New Guinea as examples yeah. nationwide. But the North is really struggling because it's, you know, the fourth or fifth tier sport behind, behind the EPL, the Euros, championships, etc. Rugby Union um, is certainly probably more dominant in the North. And the, the order of, you know, how it's travelling, rugby league sits top of the pops in the winter sports in, in Australia. Um, but not so much in, in other areas. So it's about raising the profile, trying to get more money invested in there. But the, the growing markets, this will shock you, is Africa is going gangbusters. Mm. Places like Nigeria and Ghana are going yeah. terrific as well. Uh, in Eastern Europe, uh, before the war and the conflict, Ukraine was probably a country that was playing more international rugby league fixtures than, than anyone else. And Serbia is also growing strongly. And in a real big push into Asia, so Japan, the Philippines are starting to emerge as well. So, just trying to get that standard and level up, continually improving, investing in coaching and technical uh, side of things, which Laurie will bring a lot to the board about what we need to deliver on that front, and just growing our capacity because we operate a bit like a not-for-profit. We uh, money coming into us, we then put back investing back into the nations to grow them and help with their governance and administration as well. So. That's what we're all about, and uh, and Laurie's insights into that and how we do it properly and most effectively will be invaluable. Great to have you on this morning, Troy. And with the game, NRL game going to America, what's the position yeah. of American Rugby League and where are we placed? Yeah, great question. It was an absolute basket case about 18 months ago. A lot of infighting, uh, just completely fractured uh, is the honest assessment. So we led a governance reform. And we've rebuilt the United States Rugby League international member. And we have a brand-new board only elected a, about a week or so ago. So the NRL Vegas venture couldn't be timed any better. It's given the sport a massive lift. But what it's done is it has united the stakeholders and shown them what is possible uh, if they work together than rather than trying to push their own barrows state by state or even area by area. So they have come together, and this is a wonderful initiative that we're really delighted that the NRL are doing. So whilst they are running uh, that show and it's their enterprise, uh, there's a lot of uh, flow-on benefits for the International Rugby League there and the combine that's happening, the uh, USA are playing Canada in matches in and around the area. There's a Nines tournament as well to complement the NRL fixtures. So it's just such a positive, and I think more and more ventures like this into new frontiers, into new territories, is also part of our strategic future. Well, really looking forward to seeing what the IRL board can achieve in the next few years. And just, I remember, Troy, uh, dealing with you when you were the Minister for Racing in New South Wales a, f- a few years ago, and you must look at how uh, the country championships, I think you were involved when it first started, weren't you? And, and looking to where it is now uh, must fill you with great pride as well. Oh, without doubt, and yeah, we we were at the forefront of the country championships and uh, and uh, the Everest and and all the great Golden Eagle, all the great uh, racing fixtures that Peter Valandis has done a remarkable job with. I'm, he gets all the plaudits, but I gave him all the cash, so I'm just trying to work out. <laughs> I'm just trying to work out. You know, but, 
So I'm very pleased. And the prize money across country racing, it's good. I go to a country racetrack in New South Wales now, and I really don't have to buy myself a beer. All the, everyone there is pretty pleased with me. So, and, and Mid, I can tell you, Mido, the worst tipster I've ever had on track. It's like. Well, he's a great bloke. He's a great bloke to hang out with. I'd, yeah, no, you summed him up pretty well. <laughs> we well seriously, no, we no, read no, that on the text line no, every day. day. We we yeah. we we were high five. We were at Wellington one day, mm. and we were high fiving this horse. We still, well, I still to this day <laughs> swore one. And we're yeah. on about seven or eight bucks, and we're high-fiving, hugging each other, yeah. and we got done in a photo. I nearly went around to the steward's room to have a look at the photo myself. We did, yeah. Mido and I were prize gooses that day, yeah. but tell, tell them who we were hanging out with. It was Brian Brown and Rachel Ward That's at Wellington. Right. At the Wellington right. Boot. At the Wellington That's Boot. Right. The Wellington Boot. Yeah. Uh, boot that, they had all the stars there. Brian Brown, yeah. Rachel Ward, and Jared Middleton. It was about 44 degrees, I reckon. It was oh, that yeah, hot. It was a stinker. But, uh, the good thing is when we were cuddling, there was no BA problem. <laughs> <laughs> Look, great to speak to you again, Troy. And uh, yeah, you will have to fill us in on Loz's contributions as well uh, through the next few years. So, What happens well, in board meetings? Stays in board meetings. The board meetings, yeah, that's right. On tour, stays on tour, Laurie. I can yeah. guarantee you that. But I'll, I will give the boys a tip about how many Singapore slings you consume. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks, Troy. Thanks, Troy. All right, thanks, boys. Love to talk to you. Thank you. Give us a call. Thirteen fifty three fifty three zero four one nine seven six seven two seven two on the text line. And uh, now results this morning, and Manchester City have won that game against Brentford. One nil. Sound disappointed. Uh, finished in the end. Well, the Brentford defender only just had to stay on his feet, and then probably wouldn't have been a goal. But anyway. Mm. Uh, that means it is one point the difference at the top of the Premier League in the battle for the title this year. Uh, Liverpool and Manchester City and Arsenal have all played. In fact, everyone's played. Uh, everyone up at the top end of the table have played 25 games. And you've got Liverpool 57 points, City 56, Arsenal 55. Then there's a gap to Aston Villa on 49 points, Tottenham 47, Man United in sixth position 44 points. Uh, now, in the A-League last night, drama there with uh, Damien De Silva of Melbourne Victory scoring a goal in the 95th and 98th minutes. So two goals in stoppage time as they came from 1-0 down to beat Western United 2-1 there at Amy Park. Champions League this morning, couple of games both with about 10 minutes plus stoppage time remaining. Uh, Inter Milan 1-0 over Atletico Madrid. And PSV and Dortmund, Borussia Dortmund. That is 1-1 in the Netherlands as well. Uh, now, we've got the cricket, the Savo, the first T20, 5.10pm Eastern Daylight Time at the Basin Reserve in Wellington. And Australia's $1.55 favourites with tab against the Black Caps, $2.45. And New Zealand heading into that one today, Pup. Always a different prospect on their home soil, New Zealand, aren't they? They are. They are, but I think Australia will still dominate the series. Um, the interesting ones, does Steve Smith play? It sounds like they're going Travis Head, Dave Warner, Mitch Marsh. That's their top three. Uh, Mitch Marsh spoke yesterday at the press conference, being the captain, and said they'll announce the 11 at the at the coin toss. Um, yeah, Interesting. 
but I think the Aussies will win. I think they'll win the T20 series. I think the test matches, if there's a bit of movement in those wickets, New Zealand could um, certainly make them competitive, make them tough test matches, but I think the Aussie attack still, if there's a bit of swing and seam for New Zealand, there's going to be a bit of that for Australia mm-hmm. as well. And um, Yeah, I think that also even our batters, I think these are the conditions you might see the likes of Marnus and Steve Smith particularly in test cricket have success. Bit more movement, pitches are a bit slower than what they are in Australia. So soft hands, letting the ball come, bit of patience, get through that new ball. Um, and I would imagine Marnus particularly would have been working or is working extremely hard at the moment on just a couple of those little technical things that um, saw him probably not have as good as an Australian summer as we're used to seeing him have. I bet Wellington would be one of those destinations to play where all the fast mm. bowlers are looking to where the wind is and just going, uh, gee, make sure I've got this behind me. <laughs> we played a couple of games in Wellington. We played a test match in Windy Wellington. The scariest thing's flying into Wellington. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm flown in there. It is nasty flight. And then they used to have the old side screens. Yeah. You've got to, you know, a couple of guys run right. down and push the side screen. If you move beyond yes. round the wicket, over the wicket, now, it's that windy that you couldn't have, the side screen wouldn't stay up. Mm. It kept blowing over. So, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be into the breeze if you're. Uh, if you're bowling there, that's for sure. Down breeze only, thanks. And then batting, the other thing, you've got to hold your bat. So if you had side breeze and you're tapping your bat, as you pick it up, the bowler's running into bowl, you normally pick it up to, I don't know, first or second slip. Mm. It can end up behind you because it's just that windy holding on to your bat. Firm a grip. Whatever it takes, you know, whatever it takes. Hang on to the thing. Okay, so that's coming up later today. So just more team news ahead of week two of the preseason challenge in the NRL this week. Uh, so Caelan Ponga will lead the Knights. They're in Fiji against the Melbourne Storm. Craig Bellamy's again resting Cameron Munster. Whilst Ryan Pappenhausen, good to see him back playing fullback again. Of course, he got through a good 40 minutes against the Dogs last Thursday night. But uh, Munster, no games at all. Looks like heading into the season. I suppose he finished late last season, didn't he? Yeah, did I read somewhere he was carrying a slight injury? Maybe. I'm guessing he must be. Yeah, I think he was He's carrying not playing a slight any injury. Footy. Yeah, and he was going to be touch and go for this trial. Mm. So they're just taking no precautions whatsoever. Or every precaution, I should say. Sean, uh, with him. Sean Johnson returns in the halves for the Warriors. He'll play with Luke Metcalf in the halves against the Dolphins. And Des Hasler, he named no one last week. Well, he's named a strong Titan side this week. Tino's back. AJ Brimson in the centres. It looks like that'll officially happen. Keeney's the fullback. Jaden Campbell, I think, is Campbell's going to miss the first few weeks, they yeah. said, along with David Fafita. But AJ Brimson, yeah, I think he'll make it successive as a centre. Mm. And the other thing with Des is that he wants to get his best players out there on the paddock. You know, there's no point having someone on the bench and you can't get him into a game. And every time Campbell comes onto the field, something good happens around him. He makes plays. Um, and he's exciting. And the more that he plays football the b- in that starting team, the better the, the Gold Coast Titans will be. So they play Para, who have Gutho back. Good to see him back after, of course, he had post-season uh, surgery, a clean-out with his knee. So that game's at Ipswich, and Mitch Moses playing in that game. So a pretty strong Para side as well there for that one. Uh, Dragons and the Tigers are in Mudgee, by the way, Saturday night at Glen Willow. And it looks like Benji's set on his halves combo there at the Tigers. Aiden Caesar and Jaden Sullivan again uh, named in the halves. Of course, mm-hmm. Sullivan will play against his very recent former club in the Dragons. 
How do you yeah. think that halves combo will go, Loz? Oh, so it'll, it'll develop. It'll get better. I, I thought they they went okay against the Warriors. I know the Warriors weren't at full strength, but you know they, they had intent. And the Tigers, um, I think, if they hold themselves like that and improve on what they showed us in that first trial, I, I think they will go good. Well, go better than what they did last year. I, look, I can't see them. They won't play finals. Can't see them playing finals, but I definitely think they'll improve. They'll, they'll win more than four games. Well, they've won four games the last two years so in each season. I'm sorry, but... I don't need any more wooden spoons. Yeah, but is their effort is... No, they, is, yeah. is, is, a, is a lot better. It was, only, it was a trial they've, as they've well, They've got though. talent in their, in their team. Um, trials, yeah. Again, yeah. I, I don't read too much into the trials, but I think... Some teams, it's more important than the others Definitely. to play well in trials. Uh, so that, yeah, Saturday night in Mudgee is that game. And uh, by the way, it's the AGM this morning. But my for the focus NRL. is on the international game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, there we go. How did I know that was going to come up? <laughs> NRL, Africa. overrated. Who cares about it? Mm. Africa, yeah, sounds like you thought you were going to get, you surprised yeah, you thought you're gonna yeah, get a couple of London junkets or. <laughs> America, mate, yeah. you're going Africa. Uh, well, 63 nations. It's a lot of countries that, that play. Now, obviously, some are st- yeah. just starting. Mm. Um, but everyone's got to start from somewhere. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, in particular out here, the Southern Hemisphere is just flying. Yeah, New Zealand and Australia. And you'd like to think England can get stronger. We need England to be strong for international footy. We have Sky Racing's Gold Coast caller, Mitch Menace. Mitch, morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, well, thanks, Bido. Uh, it's uh, it's a big weekend uh, coming up at the Gold Coast on March 9, the, the cutest jewels race day, $2 million race day, and the, the big key lead-ups are at uh, Doombin this Saturday with the preludes. Three-year-old race looks like it's going to shape up to be a ripping race uh, just off what the prelude looks like. A couple of interesting two-year-olds from uh, Gerald Ryan and Sterling Elixio's barn, if they do decide to bring them north, including a horse called Amazing Eagle, who was very well spruiked on debut off a big trial win. Um, he ran uh, a, a creditable race running uh, second, and the horse that won the race was placed in the Lonro Plate just recently. So it uh, be interesting to see if he's in the acceptances this morning when they close at 9 o'clock this morning. But... Um, it's it's starting to build up. Uh, that uh, meeting here at the coast also backs onto a, a Magic Millions uh, yearling sale on the 11th and 12th of March. So it's a it's a busy time uh, up here and and uh, a good leading uh, with this this meeting on Saturday. Uh, what's the update with Antuno, mate? Where's he at? Yeah, we commented uh, last week, Loz. His trial looks a bit lacklustre, and uh, and and Tony Gollan's been pretty forthright with the media after the trial as well, that uh, he perhaps is not as fit as what he would have liked and perhaps would have seen him to do a bit more in that trial at Doombin, which was won impressively by Uncommon James, who's obviously very fast and headed towards um, uh, the Galaxy in Sydney uh, in the next couple of weeks. So he's he looks right on track. But Antino, there was a bit of a question mark after his trial. So he'll have a key jump out this week on Thursday morning at, uh, in Brisbane and that will just, just sort of determine of where he's at. So uh, obviously he's a very good horse on his day. He had a luckless spring campaign. Um, 
unluckily beaten on a number of occasions, including that race at Mooney Valley, uh, the Crystal Mile. Uh, he probably had enough by the time that he got to the Five Diamonds, but um, yeah, it'd be good to see him bounce back because he is a very good horse on his day. Ipswich today, what have you got for us? Yeah, just a six-race card for a Wednesday, which is a bit uh, a bit unusual, and uh, there's some sort of short price favourites through the day, but I thought we could uh, play race four, number nine. It's Jerry. He was good first up at Eagle Farm behind Ticker Reddy, who's a very much informed benchmark horse uh, in, in sort of Brisbane at the moment. He, he runs second again on Saturday. So that form ties in well. He's unbeaten second up. He's two from two. Uh, he's got good sort of uh, good to, to soft statistics, which is sort of what we're looking at today. And the early market suggests uh, he's ready to go. Uh, a stable that doesn't mind a bit, the Barry Lockwood team. And I think they went up around the $6 mark and he's as low as $4, $3.90 now. So I like the push. He's just got a tricky draw to overcome. But if he can overcome that, um, I, I think he's probably one of the better, well, put it this way, one of the better value plays of the day with, uh, I think, out of the six-race card, there's about, there's two odds-on favourites and three $2 shots. So we'll play It's Jerry in the fourth today, boys. Okay, race four, number nine, It's Jerry, $3.40 currently with Tab at Ipswich. Good on you, Mitch. Thanks, boys. Check you next week. Coming up on Radio Tab, Steve Hewlett. Good morning. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, everyone. What's on today? Mark Walker's going to join me. We'll just find out how Imperatrice pulled up. And I understand he, he worked on keeping her cool after that trial. They got some fans in and, of course, they took her away to the Valley. And I, I just wonder if she's definitely going to the William Reed before possibly the TJ in Sydney. But, look, he's got two really nice mares running on the weekend that both look like they could be in the money. Campionessa gave Legato a fright last start and certainly Skewer for Group 1 when it wouldn't shock somewhere if it was in the mix in the Oakley Plate. So uh, we'll talk to Mark Walker. And that Cranbourne stable is only getting bigger. He's extending it. Uh, they're going to have a heap of horses there in about uh, six to 12 months' time. So so Mark will join us. We'll head over to talk to William Haggis about the reasons behind why Dubai Honours not heading to Sydney. But, look, he's going to turn up with a horse called Mashtaba. Uh, he's by um, Dabawi, and he's a really good wet tracker. He's outstanding on the wet, so he wants some rain for him. And he's also got a horse, of course, that might be in the Sydney Cup uh, called Post Impressionist. So William Haggis will join me. Also, we'll talk about Saudi Arabia on the weekend with Damien Oliver coming back to ride and... Alicia Collett and also Lisa Royal Press on that Friday night meeting, the Jockeys Challenge leading into the big day Saturday in Saudi Arabia. And, of course, Tony Gold and Barry Lockwood with David Fowler as well. That's in the first hour of this morning. Okay, great stuff. Thanks, Interesting guys. with Campionessa as well. Yep. Loz uh, likely have Foxy Cleopatra going up against Campionessa for Mark Walker in that Peter Young stakes this Saturday. So, Loz, you should be listening to Mark Walker this morning to see how your big rival... Mm. is fairing heading into that race. Look, I don't worry about opposition. We, don't. <laughs> we just focus on ourselves. All right? Right, okay. That's our game plan. So you got, you've got the cliches down, Pat. <laughs> uh, but thank you, Steve, and we'll catch you shortly uh, on Radio Tab. Now, I believe Dave Stanley is en route to beautiful Mudgee from Tunkari. Uh And, of course, big weekend in Mudgee because they've got the Tigers and the Dragons on Saturday night, and uh, Country Championships qualifier as well. DS, morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, morning, Mido. Morning, boys. Yep. Uh, have moved on from Tunkari yesterday, which was outstanding to be there. Uh, massive race day for them on Saturday, and making the way to Mudgee, where we'll be later this afternoon. Are you up there all week? Uh, in Mudgee? No, no, no. They'll be back from Mudgee tomorrow afternoon, back in Sydney. 
and then uh, back on the road next week. So that's why, because the show's only uh, during the week, and obviously on a, on a Saturday, Racing HQ uh, comes out of obviously Sydney, and you know we've got those big races starting to pop up for Rose Hill, Randwick, etc. That's what we're getting out here during the week to to give the club some exposure, to give the town some exposure, and, and hopefully later today we'll have some fields and tomorrow some fields for both these um, race meetings. I know that the Tung Curry Club really happy with their nominations, and I think Mudgee should be pretty happy with their nominations as well uh, for the meeting. 155 nominations for the meeting, for this Sunday meeting. And you're right, Mido, um, talking with Des Kennedy yesterday, who I'm going to chat with tomorrow, they're looking at uh, obviously having a the big trial match between the the you know the tigers and dragons, and then he he sort of let release yesterday that he's in negotiations obviously with Souths next year to come back and play a few games. Of course, they were meant to play uh, this year, but with Vegas and um, just how it all was was panning out, they couldn't get out here. Mm. But uh, there might be another NRL team, he said. He said, oh, obviously, we've had Manly and we've had the, the Dragons and we've had, uh, obviously, South come out here and support. He said he's in negotiations with another club as well to try and get them to play some uh, premiership games out here. So, when I mean, we know how good the facilities are. He also did say, Loz, I know you're not involved with uh, New South Wales Rugby League, obviously, mm-hmm. as heavily as he once were. But he, he said he nearly had Freddie over the line to come out here because obviously they're building a whole big training centre as well and accommodation. Yep. And they were looking at having the Blues do, instead of going to Coogee, they would come out to Mudgee and be a part of country New South Wales. They would prepare four games out here. And he said, look, he hadn't spoken to Madge or anyone. Mate, you're obviously close with Madge. Mm. Pull a few strings there. Let's get the boys out to country New South Wales. They oh. might just win a series. Well, they might, Dave. It's not... A bad, it's a good idea to be perfectly honest, and I think the more you can, or more people in the bush can gain access to their stars, the better. So I, I, I would say that they'd be open to it. I'm unsure of what camps they have got and whether they've already booked, but I'm sure they'd certainly be open to it if they could work something out. Do you reckon, and not to sort of put you on the spot, Loz, but do you reckon for the future that should be a requirement? Like now that now there's no city country, obviously, mm. you know. City folk get to see the game. They get to see it live there in Sydney or Melbourne or Adelaide or Brisbane. But people from the bush, if they know that that team is coming, and obviously the facilities have to be a certain level. I was going to say, you've got to make sure you've got the facilities so the players can can prepare for a big match. You know, But But if it was up to a standard... Yeah, most definitely. I think the more that country rugby league um, can see their stars, and country towns, I should say, can see their stars, the better it is for the game. There you go. Maybe to Mudgy in the next few times. They're still in, obviously in the process of doing all that construction and building. I'll talk more with Des about that tomorrow. He's always into you, blokes. He's always into you, Mido, Pup, and Laws about uh, Mudgy Cup and backing winners and trying to get out here. And you know what? Even though it's February right now, oh. that will be dead set here before you know it. That Mudgy in December will go. Where's the year gone? What's happened? And you'll be back out here. It will. Um, have they had any rain up there? They. Not as much as Tung Curry. So Tung Curry, right. 40 mil of rain on Monday night. Um, but with the weather conditions and what they've got planned for the week, very humid on the coast there. So that's firstly Tung Curry. Out here, not much rain predicted for the week. There is a storm. It's sort of... Des explained it yesterday on air. He said that it's very much like um, hot day, storm, bit of rain, it goes away. Old so topics. it's not... Yeah, very, very tropical out here. And he said, obviously, everything's just going gangbusters in terms of growing. 
Uh, could be one of the, the better seasons for the wine too, the vintage. They're quite happy with it. So if you see some mudgy wine in the future, this could be the year. Thank you, Dave. There you go. Happy with that? Where's Michael? Is he not there? Is he checking yeah, out? Yeah, I'm just reading other stuff. Just I'm reading other stuff. I'm listening to you about <laughs> Woolworth CEO. He's resigned. <laughs> yeah, he pulled Cindy the pin. Crawford's yeah. birthday. Good is text. it Cindy's birthday? Cindy's birthday today. Cindy I just wish her happy is, birthday. How old is Cindy? None of your business. You don't ask that question. Well, I can mm. Google it. She's then 58. You, excuse Jeez. me. Keep that down. She's 58. She looks 35. She's still she number does. one. Good text she from does. Cowboy. Taylor from Swift had dinner last night. Can you believe it? She Where at, food? actually? Because how about, how about this? We Italian had markets open. Well, there you go. Last week, I had a go at Dicko and the boys, all in jest. They had all these markets open on Taylor Swift where she was going to be eating, and Mimi's was favourite, and no, where we, where we would spot her, and all this sort of stuff. Nice and little said, Italian in Surrey Hills. There you go. So she had, uh, there's a, there's a the couple of other markets. I reckon. There's a couple of markets here. Well, where will she eat? Well, hang on. They've still got this market open. Where was it? Mm-hmm. It I was the Pellegrino's. Italian, Pellegrino's. Yeah. Pel- Pel- oh, they don't have that on there. Oh. They don't have that market. They've got Mimi's at two fifty, Attica at three dollars, nope. Iceberg's at three, no, Key at three, Toddy's at three. I thought she would have gone to Toddy's. No, Bill's at four, Benelong four, Fred's at five, and Sean's Panorama at five. I think they're all Maryvale venues. Those most mm. of them. Mm. There you go, boys. There you anyway. Go. So he's got a market open, so they'll have to take that market down. They'll have to take it down. Where's yeah. her second feed going to be? <laughs> well, that's right. Uh, what about this one? Who How will she, she meet? Yeah. Who will Taylor Swift meet? Will she meet a koala at seventy five? Her boyfriend's on his way. Justin Hems, $3. Hugh Jackman, 3 mm. All these here. Well, See? it won't be Hugh because he's over in Vegas. Mm. Can't be Hugh. Justin will throw a bit of a do at his house for her, I'm sure. So is he definitely, uh, not Justin, but is the boyfriend definitely coming, yep. Travis? The plane's picked him up from Hawaii. He's en route. That's 100% or we're just, we're just guessing? No, that's just me just giving you a scoop. You're welcome. I like it. Mm. See, all that, that contribution at the end, that's what it's all about. <laughs> you know, just I like a listener. It. I was listening to what you are talking about. Happy birthday, was, Cindy. Yeah, Cindy. Cindy, favorite. happy birthday. Have Get around birthday. to Michael's. We'll see you soon. <laughs> Have a good one, boys.